Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotels family of 22 brands has over 7,400 locations and the perfect hotel for any traveler you want to be. Like a Cambria Hotel, serving up locally inspired craft cocktails for all my folks who maybe want to meet up and talk about Mad Royals. Check into a Radisson Hotel with flexible workspaces for you strivers who listen during business travel. Or a Comfort Hotel with free hot breakfast, family-friendly pools, and big spacious rooms for the parents who listen with their kids and need a little retreat. What are you waiting for? Join Choice Privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any of you when you book direct at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Happy Friday. I'm Tracy B. Wilson. And I'm Holly Fry. Uh, we talked about the Flint sit-down strike this week, which I've had on my list for so long. I feel like it's been name-dropped in some other stuff that's been either <laughs> about other strikes or the social movements that kind of uh, sat in in a way that was similar to sitting in at the factory. Um, so uh, the 85th anniversary of it was a good reason to move it up to the top. And then also the fact that, wow, doesn't a lot of that sound like it could have been written about today? Like people saying, I work in a fulfillment center and I am expected to work so fast, I cannot go to the bathroom. Yeah. I I know that during research, this made you angry as all get out. It did. Um, and I, I, in the midst of recording at one point, it will have been edited out, but I just couldn't talk anymore. I went, this is all because of stupid money. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Like, t- don't get me wrong. I understand that we live in a world that is made to go round by money. I get it. But, like, the dehumanized treatment of people who are actually making a company money. Yeah. Infuriates me. Yeah. Yes. And, like, the the bright spot of it, uh, unlike so many other strikes we've talked about, like, no one got killed. There yeah. were injuries. No one got killed so many times on the show, and we have talked about 
somebody calling out the National Guard, especially farther back in the past, so many times, like, the National Guard was harming the people who were already most at risk, and that was not really what happened in this case, and so that uh, was not exactly a moment of levity, but, like, something that was, like, a a little less uh, frustrating than feeling like so many of the workers, or so many of the issues that that so many of the workers were talking about are so similar to things that are still happening today. And uh, the, there are various protections that exist now that did not exist in 1936 and 37. But still, so many reports about not having time to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Um, yes, it's infuriating. Again, because of money. It's it's one of those things where I continue to marvel at how on those rare occasions where you will see, for example, like on social media or whatever, either some news of some company or some head of a company talking about like, no, actually, we try to treat our workers really well. And that's actually been great for all of us. I swear. It's like that shouldn't be the refreshing thing it is. It should right. be like, <laughs> to be like, oh, cool. Yeah. Well, and another thing that this was an example of is, like, how just straight-up pay rate is not always the issue. Um, Like, sometimes you'll hear stuff like, well, we pay people really well. Doesn't that count for something? And it's like, sure, the a lot of the workers uh, in, in the factory were making more money than they would have made working somewhere else in the area, but they were making more money while being while feeling like they were just being pushed beyond the breaking point at right. the speed they were expected to work and, like, just not generally be being treated as human beings. So it's like $15 an hour minimum wage does not absolve anyone of no. needing to treat the people who work for them as actual people. Yeah. I um I have a close friend who I had not seen in a bit, and I got to see her recently, and she has changed jobs since the last time I saw her. And she was, she's been there for a bit. And she was talking about how she has never been treated so well in a job and how it almost freaks her out. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's just so unusual. She's like, mm-hmm. I kind of actually get the feeling they might actually care about their employees. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of those things where it is so unusual that it feels unnatural or even suspicious at times to people. And I'm like, that is not great. No, no. And it uh, it reminds me a little bit of the Ask a Manager uh, advice column, Uh which I have been a a devotee of reading for many years. And uh, one of the things that that she has talked about is how when you're in a bad working environment, it's like you kind of get accustomed to things that are totally unreasonable and unworkable uh, to the point that you think that that's just how it works. Right. I'm like, yeah, you know, I've totally had that experience. Yes. I think we all have. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it is one of the really unfortunate things, right? We've talked about this so many times in any of these labor movement discussions that the people who have the least are the ones that end up going along with those things mm-hmm. because they're either so afraid that they will lose what little income they have or like I know when I was younger I didn't really understand labor law and I look back at some of the things that like bosses asked me to do 
And I was like, yeah, I can do that because oh, sure. I was a peppy little ding dong who would agree to anything. And it wasn't even like it was nefarious, but like just things like, hey, will you um, go ahead and clock out, but then work another three hours? And I swear we'll make that up next week. Like that happened to me in a job and I was a doofus yeah. and went, sure, no problem. Like I wanted to be like super agreeable and had no idea that that is in fact not Wage legal. theft. Not yeah. legal. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'll look, I, I used to manage people for many years, and I will look at things that I did or said as a manager where I'm like, whoa, that was not correct. Like, I remember a thing I had heard my whole career uh, was that your pay is confidential and you're not allowed to talk about it to anybody. Yeah. Um, and, like, I know I told people that worked for me that your pay was confidential and you weren't allowed to discuss it. And that is totally false in the United States if you uh, work for companies that are covered under things like the Fair Labor Standards Act. You have the right to talk about your pay and your working conditions with your coworkers. Mm -hmm. Nobody gets to tell you, no, you can't discuss that. Yeah. Yeah, it's I think that's another one that that companies get away with saying, like, we have a policy that we don't mm -hmm. because there's also the secondary thing of regardless of what the law says, most people are generally just uncomfortable talking about money. Anyway, oh, sure. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like it sure. just it just comes with a lot of weird baggage and taboo, depending on how you were raised. Like we certainly didn't discuss Mm -hmm. money in my family like you may as well discuss like you know lascivious acts at the dinner table like it was just that level of like no we don't talk about money that's mm. I still have trouble talking about it even though I am a grown adult human mm -hmm. <laughs> like who owns a house and has financial things in my world mm -hmm. I still clam up when people talk to me about money yeah <laughs> it's very very strange yeah. So that that plays in that like helps those, those yeah, yeah, yeah. claims that we don't discuss salary to work because most of us are conditioned that money is a sensitive and unpleasant topic that we should never acknowledge exists. Even though <laughs> it's, it's part of everything we do. Yeah. 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 It's a yeah, that's a whole other show, I think. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Um so anyway. Uh, I'm glad the 85th anniversary finally bumped us up to the top of the list. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, was we'll it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tracy, this week we talked about the snowflake man, Wilson Bentley. Did. Um, <laughs> what I did not share during that episode was what prompted me to look into his story because it's a little silly. Uh, it's a dress. <laughs> a dress? <laughs> there is a company... I will mention this is not an ad for them, but I do shop with them called Svaha. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's how they pronounce it. They specialize in uh, steam themed clothing. So a lot of science and technology and whatnot. And they put out a dress recently called the Bentley dress and it has snowflakes all over. It's a black dress with just white snowflakes in a really beautiful pattern. And I was like, ooh, I want that dress. And then uh, I noticed in the description they talked about the snowflake man. And I was like, je m'excuse. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, um, I bought the dress and then looked up Bentley and then bought some of his work. That seems great to me. Yeah, it was like one of those wonderful little kismets. 
where I love the dress. I really like their clothes anyway. And it led me down this wonderful path of discovery because somehow I had never heard of him. Mm -hmm. I do feel like we should mention, because someone will write in, that there are instances of a like snowflakes. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) They're not terribly common. Yeah. But it does happen from time to time. Yeah, that so uh I almost wore the dress for our recording today. Yeah. But I just didn't I record in my closet. People probably don't know my overflow shoe closet, which is an embarrassing phrase to say, but there it is. Uh, and I kind of have to like wiggle in and sit kind of splay legged. It's just not good for a dress. Mm-hmm. And frankly, what am I going to, you know, sport a cute dress around the house while I corral cats and write episodes? Didn't seem appropriate. I'm saving it for a fun time. That seems, <laughs> yeah, seems fine. I was going to say, you know, why not? Why not wear a fun dress around the house? But it would be more fun to wear it for a fun time than working. I am a big fan of a fun dress around the house, for sure. But in a situation like this where I'm trying to, like, wiggle in and out of a space and sit on a stool, and I just envisioned me accidentally, like, dragging things off a shelf and, like, creating some sort of havoc that no oh, one no. needs in their life. No. And you don't need to watch sure. <laughs> the internet and be like, is Holly okay? I <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's not that voluminous address, but I would figure out a way. I was very struck throughout all of this at um what I have always called a personality type and I'm not the only one of the Billy Dreamer and I think that is Bentley in a nutshell, right? Yeah. Like And I I it's interesting that little tidbit that we talked about about his uh, preference to hang out with kids rather than other adults and how weird that seemed to people even then. There's part of me that thinks he didn't trust other adults because they didn't have an appreciation for anything in that sort of wonderful way. Like, right. I think that may have been part of it, but I don't know. That's just my theory. Yeah. I don't know what the kids thought about his snowflake pictures, but if he had tried to share them with the grown-ups and the grown-ups didn't care, then... Right. Whereas kids were like, wow, tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it was fascinating to them because they were, you know, kids are sponges and they're eager for new things that stimulate their minds most of the time. And I think that probably was a, a much more natural fit. The smile thing is weird as hell. There's no getting around it. Well, and it, <laughs> it also, I wonder if if gender influenced that at all because a woman who enjoys being around kids get to be a school teacher great right <laughs> right um the the photographs of smile things might still raise some eyebrows though weird, weird. yeah a little weird i think but again if someone <laughs> i mean if someone came up to me on the street and was like i think you have a charming smile may i photograph it I don't know what flavor of expletives would come out of my mouth, but it would probably be significant. <laughs> I'd probably resolutely ignore them and keep walking. That's usually... Right. I'd be like, get away from me. That's the kind way I would put it. Um, but I, again, I, I do... There's part of me that thinks that there was probably some degree of, like... If you think about the way that he talked about science, uh-huh. like, with you know, wide-eyed wonder. I also suspect he may be one of those people that didn't really have the best sense of social cues either. 
That's a guess on my part. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't ever marry. He did have a couple of women that he was very close with um, over the years, although there are some question marks about what close really means. Like, there was at least one instance of a woman that he um, he wrote back and forth with, but it was kind of a lot about science and meteorology, mm-hmm. and people would be like, oh, they were very close. And I'm like... Were they? But yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, like they could certainly share um, a passion for their subject. It never seemed to me to be a particularly emotional or romantic communication between them in the little bits that I was able to find. But again, that is my maybe same inability to read cues. And right. Maybe they were secretly loaded with tons of romance that I was not catching. Um, but I, I do love this idea of someone just like, I just want to take pictures. I don't care yeah. what happens to them. I'm I want to take pictures of snowflakes, of all things. Forever. They're so pretty. <laughs> They're really they pretty. Are. They are. And his photographs are very beautiful. I mean, it's like startling when you consider, you know, this is fairly early on in photography and he was doing this amazing stuff mm-hmm. that they still look striking today. Mm-hmm. And really, like, we read some of that list that he mentioned of all the ways in which his photographs had been used to then populate other design things. But, Mm -hmm. like, I really started to notice as I was doing this research, and we happened to be heading into wintertime when snowflakey things are around, where I'm like, oh, wait, that design on that, you know, Mm -hmm. Christmas decoration sure looks like one of the ones from his book. And I'm holding it up, and I'm like... Yeah, somebody traced that. Like, <laughs> um, and I think that's probably they've proliferated in a lot of places sure. that way and never really been credited back to him because it's just like your standard snowflake. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all different, yet they all seem to look exactly like ones he cataloged and photographed, but kind of fascinating. Um, I did not get super deep into the meteorology of this because there are lots of discussions that still go on scientifically about what he was and was not right about. Mm -hmm. And it becomes very difficult to sift those apart. Right, right. (laughs) Um, But I will uh, now look at snow in a totally different way. Yeah. Should we get any this year? I will try not to breathe on it. We've already had some here in Massachusetts. Not a lot. It didn't stick anywhere, but it it was was possibly there'll be more by the time this episode comes out, but (laughs) (laughs) the odds are decent. Uh, Thank you for hanging out with us this week. I hope that as you head into the weekend that you have some time to yourself to relax and uh, restore and do whatever it is you need to take care of you. And that if you don't have that kind of time, that you at least sail through it as unscathed as possible. We will be right back here tomorrow with a classic and then uh, on Monday with an all-new episode. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.